right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 261, and this is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS This Is Awesome. If you want to make fun of the trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw zero one. As always, you can write our show at P.S. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Be sure to leave comments and rate this podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, we are also a video podcast as well. You can watch our show if you prefer over to our YouTube channel. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can give us $1 a month at the $1 level called... The one and only $1 Club, head over to patreon.com slash awesome, and you can become a $1 a month patron, get a free die-cut vinyl sticker in the mail, and we'll give you a shout on the show for $1 a month, and it helps us keep these awesome wheels spinning. So please, please, please consider doing that. Um, we know times are tight for a lot of people right now. $1 can't get you anything, but it'll help us a lot. So with that out of the way, Jake... How are you doing today? Doing all right. Just uh, ready to get going, I guess. Unbelievable. Yeah, we've had we've had quite. I've had. I should rephrase. I've had quite the uh, week and evening last night, um, and uh, I'm just kind of stressed about it. And I know you got stuff to do today, so I won't get too long winded about it. But I feel like. An explanation needs to be given. Um, so I cut my finger really bad last Sunday, uh, and uh, I was peeling potatoes, and I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get the bleeding to stop after four hours. I mean, I really scooped out a good portion of the pad of my uh, index finger on my left hand. So I haven't been playing guitar at all, and um, you know, just after I recorded the podcast last time, saying I thought the pendulum was swinging my favor, this kind of shit, the world has to deal me a. Uh, you know, rad, rad, uh, whatever. I don't know. What are you going to call it? You know, somebody was listening and said, no, not today, Oakman. We got to do something different here. But uh, so you you guys know that I play music. Jake's in a band with me. And uh, the way that the IRS works just absolutely destroys me because not even financially, just headache-wise and stress-wise, I've said for the longest time, I wish we could just – have the IRS like I'll tell you what I made you tell me what I owe you I'll tell you what I paid for for my business you tell me what I owe you but no so TurboTax for home because I have a job also on top of my music so I have to buy I've been doing all my taxes myself so TurboTax is usually what I use we're not sponsored by them or anything but it's a hundred dollars for the program every year which strangely is my cheapest option to do my taxes um, to take it to a professional, it's going to cost me upwards of five to six hundred dollars, probably. And I'm paying every year. I'm paying in, like, even though I pay, they 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 take tax deductions out of my paycheck. I at the higher rate, I ask them to because I just can't stand fucking paying taxes. Um, but my my self employment, I make enough after I pay you guys, Jake, that I still have to pay in taxes. Um, so. The bottom line is is I have to do 1099s for everybody in the band. And the IRS 
When I send those out, I have to create a file with the IRS to inform them that I've done them. And they need to be notified by January 31st. So anyone who's a musician knows never update your operating system if you have a Mac. Just don't do it because once you get everything working the way you want it to work, just leave it alone. Because as soon as you update one of these fucking new Mac OS systems, it's going to throw everything off. And uh, the interface that I actually use on my studio here is no longer being supported by the company that made it. And they have outright said Big Sur, which is the operating system I had to recently update to, um, is the end of the line for me. I can't go any further. It's just not going to work anymore after this update. Um, So, And these are $500 a piece. So I have $1,000 of gear that is going to be rendered absolutely useless for me. The next time I have to update my operating system. Now, they're already on Ventura. So I'm already three OSs behind by updating to Big Sur. So I believe I'm three or two. Three or two. So I'm already behind, but I've refused to update it for reasons. That is why. This goes full full, uh, full circle here because now TurboTax requires me to do an operating system update. And now I have to meet the IRS deadlines to get the fucking 1099s to the IRS in time. And the only way to make sure it's verified and done, I have to use this program. And I use this program because I'm familiar with it. And I I can't afford to go to a real person because I don't make enough money to justify the expense of going to a tax preparer and accountant. I would actually be breaking even if not losing money Um, by the time my profits went towards paying somebody to do my taxes for me. So it doesn't make any fucking – it's a wash. Why even do it, right? Why even play music and ask for any money if at the end of the year I'm paying that much in taxes on it and then I'm paying somebody to do my taxes for me? It's ridiculous. So here's the long story short, listeners. I was forced to update my operating system to Big Sur because of this fucked up thing that we have in place, and I do so. Because I have no other option, really. So I update the operating system, and immediately my audio interface quits connecting with my computer. It's just fucking flashing. It looks like a broken Christmas light. It's just brank, brank, brank. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I just update the new firmware, even though I already had it installed, maybe it'll jog something, right, with it to connect. And the new the new mix effect software, which it runs off of. So I do those updates. And it says, you must restart your computer. So I restart it. I'm still flashing like a Christmas light. I'm like, well, that's my only option is just to keep trying this because it's not the connection. It's nothing else. So I try to do it again. Same thing. Restart. It's not connecting. I'm like, I start Googling. No one has any fucking clue how to fix this. It's just even though the manufacturer's website says it's compatible with Big Sur – and one of the one of the firmware updates I downloaded, I looked at the uh, the version file number, and it actually wasn't even the most updated version. So they had a bad link on their website I was using. So then I found another one. I update it, and out of nowhere, I must have clicked something else. And the only way that my big speak my studio speakers are gonna work on my computer is if my op if my uh, interface is working and connected. So I. I did something after installing the firmware, and it goes bling, real loud on the speakers, right? So I'm like, oh, it fucking made a connection fantastic. It's We're good. And it says restart. I'm like, all right, cool. It's set up. I'm going to restart. Restart. Brah, brah, brah. It won't fucking connect. And I'm like, what's going on here? So with the latest operating systems with Mac, they have a security privacy feature that doesn't allow third-party developers – 
to make changes to your computer without your permission. But they don't give you a notification when it's trying to make the change. So you have no way to authorize it. It just fucking blocks it. It just fucking straight up steel curtain. We're not going to. So then you as a user have to know where to find it and then give it accessibility permission through privacy, security and privacy. So my Zoom Tech 8 uh, interface doesn't have a file type that permits me to grant it permission on the uh, user permissions or whatever. It does. It just doesn't have it. So I can't select it and say allow this to run because it's grayed out. I, it doesn't let me do it. It's just fucking stonewalling, blocking it from interfacing with my computer. So then I did some research and there's a there's a text prompt terminal command that I need to type every time I restart my computer that pushes that shit through so it can work. And we just had the exact same thing happen with Soundflower. It wasn't loading the driver. It just refused to do it. So I had to find the text prompt to type that into terminal to get it to queue it in to let it load so that I can use it on the computer, which is so fucking ridiculous. So Mac has this thing called Automator. And you can you can actually program applications to run when your computer boots up. And I'm like, perfect. I'll just use Automator to run that key command in terminal when I boot up my Mac. So I don't have to fucking remember it. I don't have to do anything. It's just on load, on start, run this fucking app. And it opens terminal, does its fucking thing, and we're good. No, it doesn't work that way because it requires an admin password. And there's no workaround. So now, as far as I can get, when I restart my computer now, terminal window opens up, it types the key command, and then I have to manually enter a password in order to get my sound system to fucking work now. So ridiculous. And I'm going to have to do the same thing for Soundflower. Um, because Soundflower, you have to push this fucking driver through. And, but as long as I keep my computer on and never do a restart, we should be fine. I won't have to remember. But it's going to restart once or twice. Power's going to go out, and I'm going to forget the fucking command, and then I'm going to be in this fucking shit show again because I had to do my fucking taxes. Unbelievable. I'm so – dude, I'm so fucking rattled. And Jake, I apologize. I couldn't do the podcast last night. I tried. I couldn't get this fucking thing to work, and it was driving me nuts because everything that Zoom posted on their website said that it was compatible. And yeah, they're not wrong. It's compatible, but you got to know this fucking cheat code to like get it to work. So and they don't give you that, and maybe there is a way to find the thing that allow give it permissions. I don't know. I can't seem to do it. I can't find it. So I don't know. I'm done venting. It's been incredibly stressful. I printed. Oh oh, and and a boot and a boot. So you'll like this. So I go to my parents' house because we just talked about how I have to print at my parents' house. Um, to print your guys' 1099s wouldn't connect. I get over there at nine o'clock. Fucking the printer would not connect. So I couldn't print off the 1099s. I'm sitting there for like 30 minutes. I'm like, why isn't this connecting? My mom's like, it's working for me. And I'm like, unbelievable. So anyways, they're in the mail. It's printed. Everything's good. And uh, here we are doing the podcast. So unbelievable. I haven't even had a drink today. Like, and You know, you could just literally – I know that you don't want to pay somebody to do your taxes, but you could literally go to fucking Walmart one <laughs> Walmart. time. Buy no, I'm not saying have them do your taxes. Okay. Go there, buy a fucking cheap shitty oh, a printer Windows right. laptop for three hundred dollars or two hundred dollars because they have them. They're fucking so cheap. 
you would never have these problems because it would be Windows, not Mac OS. Just run it on a Windows. Uh, dude, I, I don't disagree with you. You could write it off and everything. Just say, this is my work computer. I use it for band only. It's and, two taxes. It's it. Yeah. And dude. then you wouldn't have to worry. You could keep your – because that's the problem is that I'm pretty sure that most people that have – Recording computers, that's all it's used for. That's all it should else. be used for. That's all it's used for because, like you said, you can't fuck with it. You can't fuck with it. Otherwise, you're going to you're gonna basically ruin all of the stuff that you have set all up. All the plugins you've purchased, all the effects that you've bought from other parties. Yeah, right. I don't even know what that – I don't even know if it's a – so I still have three songs to record vocals for. So last night, you can imagine – it was a roller coaster of emotions. I wanted to punch a hole in the wall. I was really upset. I'm not an angry person, but like I was just that irritated. And then when it finally made that noise for the speakers, I was like, oh my God, we're fucking working. We got it. And then I did the restart. It's just like, brang, brang, just flashing. I'm like, you motherfucker. Like, what? What is going on? And it took me like, I was up till like one in the morning just trying to troubleshoot this fucking thing. And I'm glad I found a workaround. Like, I feel lucky because most people can't get shit to work once it stops like this. And they, they're just forced to buy a new interface. Like I'm like, oh, either I'm $1,000 in the hole for buying a new interface. And if I'm going to do that, I'm just upgrading to Ventura. I'm just going to update to the latest OS and just fucking be done with it and then buy something that's compatible with that. Or, you know, and my concern was if I can't get this interface working because I use Soundflower to pull in your audio and we do the podcast, I'm like, the podcast is fucked. My r- records are fucked. My studio's fucked just because of this. Unbelievable. So annoyed. I can't even begin to express how annoyed I was. I'm still annoyed, but I'm happy that it's resolved. So let's talk. Can we talk about PlayStation or something? Are you doing all right? You said you just kind of want to get on with it. I'm sorry to vent listeners. Yeah. I just cannot. I'm, I'm very fresh off this whole whole thing. And it's uh, hopefully you can laugh at me. Um, I understand it's ridiculous and it is probably funny to listen to, but it's fixed. So the podcast will continue. And we had the issue just now. We couldn't get your audio to pull through. And I was like, well, let me try this text command. And I had to find the KEXT file for Soundflower and run like a manual bootloader or something for it. I don't know what I did. I don't even know what pseudo means. I just know that's what I have to do. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, su- it's a yeah. pseudo command. Are you talking about S-U-D-O? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a supervisor command. Mm. So that's that's why, like, you do that so that it will let you that's why install it. Because if you won't, it won't let you do it because it's, it's you, you know, you have to put supervisor privileges in or whatever. Yeah, so that's why it asks for the password. Yeah. Unreal. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's working, and I'm so thankful for it. Nothing else is fucked as far as I know on my computer. Everything else is good. Taxes have been started. Just Jesus Christ. All right. Um, Jake. Video games, I told the listeners I really jacked up my finger. You can't really see it on here. I have the Band-Aid and the, the wrapping and the gauze finally out of the wound. But uh, it is, uh, it's a must-stay-clean situation. And uh, I could probably play with my middle finger, but I've not played a game all week. Um, when I had the wrapping on it, it was like I had a splint on my finger pretty much because it was, it was, it was the most I've ever bled out of. Short of getting bit in the face by my dog that one time, I had like seven stitches. And he bit through my lip, so this was like really bad. So I haven't play, I haven't been playing anything. Um, I see you've been playing Mass Effect Three. Tell me about it. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to say. I just essentially have been just kind of still working on that and trying to get through it. I'm like, I don't know. I think the last I checked, I was like 17 hours into it. So I'm making my way along. 
I don't know. I like it. I still like it. I, I'm undecided as to whether or not right now I like it as much as Mass Effect 2, but it's still really good. Yeah. So, I think last I episode. Know. I'm just trying to get through it. Your needle was better, but now maybe you're pulling that back a little bit. Well, I think it's just there are some of the some of the like I think that like the the like the gameplay and like the mission to mission kind of stuff in the the like some of the side quests you do and stuff I think are really good. The problem is like the like in the second game they have you do all that mining and shit. Yeah. And in this game, there's, like, a version of it, but it's, like, this half-hearted, like, thing that's, like, why even have this in the game? Mm. Like, I like so I, I don't really understand, kind of, and I've always had a problem with, you know how when you fly around in between the systems, it, like, you use fuel? Yes. Like, I've always found that to be the most fucking annoying thing on the planet. Yeah, it's not even necessary. Because it, because it really doesn't even affect the gameplay at all. It just means that every now and again you have to go back to another fucking star system and get fuel so that your ship doesn't go zero miles an hour. Right. And it's <clears throat> it's stupid. But otherwise, like in the game, just trying to get through it. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to pull the trigger on Dead Space. I've just had a lot of expenses lately. And I, I don't again. I don't know what I'm going to owe on taxes this year, so I don't know. I, I it looks really nice, but a lot of the reviews that I've seen say that they haven't really done a whole lot to the game itself as far as making it feel like. Don't change the story, you know. Don't change this. They gave the guy a voice, I guess, or something. But like, I, I guess like things that I have read, people are like this very much still controls like a PS3 game. And I'm like, mm, that was a turnoff for me. Like, I, I wanted to feel next gen, but I wanted to be Dead Space. If it's a remake, I don't know what they. I don't. I don't know what they mean by that though, because I don't the either. first game played. I don't know. It played like a fucking modern video game. It's not like it has tank controls or something like that. They're it making it seem like it does. Like, like I don't know who, what review I read, but they were like, yeah, this is good. This is good, but it's very much. You know, it's just like a glossy visual update. Like, they didn't really fix the controls. And I'm like, were there control issues with Dead Space or no? I don't remember there being really control issues. I think maybe what it could be is that... I don't know who the reviewer is. I don't but remember. It could be I should have wrote it down. It could be that it's not... Um, it's too heavy. It feels too heavy for them. Yeah. Because that's kind of like the thing. And Callisto Protocol is the same way. It controls very heavy. Mm. And it's because it kind of adds to the the suspense of the game. Like you're not just fucking running around, jumping and shooting at shit like you're in Destiny or whatever. Right. It's like, you know, you're on this freaking spaceship clumping around in this uh, miner suit trying to not getting murdered by these fucking things. And I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to play it to really see what they're talking about. They could have a point. I don't know. But um, everything that I've seen has been pretty positive on it, but I haven't really watched much, so I'm not really sure. But honestly, the game 
doesn't need anything other than just a visual kind of remake. Yeah. The game was still like really good even up until they did the remake. So I want to play it. I don't know, man. I'm a little torn on it. I mean, I, I, I have to play Mass Effect 3. So maybe I'll just do Mass Effect 3 first. And then if they don't have a discount on Dead Space by the time I'm done Mass Effect 3... I don't know. I'm going to be fucking all VR, dude. I I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I told you know I told everybody that I was definitely I was definitely going to pick that up, but I get cold feet in situations like this where like it, it's not glowingly received. Like, oh man, you you know if you've never played it, you gotta play this. Like it was just like yeah, it's Dead Space, but it doesn't really feel like it's really been updated at all. Except I mean, for it's got a fucking ninety on Metacritic, the, so it's not the like remake. It's- yeah. Well, maybe I will. I this is the problem with game reviews. I I don't know. I I'm still interested in it for sure. I'll probably get it, but maybe I will because you're doing Mass Effect three. Maybe we can just bang out the two and three podcast, the spoiler cast for Mass Effect two and three. Um, I mean, you could play Dead Space whenever. It, it's not like it's a super long game. If you want to wait a little bit until it goes on sale, mm-hmm. then by all means. But it's just nice um, to. Uh, have just new games to talk about on the show, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm just biding my time until Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy comes out, so yeah. I'll have something, hopefully, to talk about in a couple weeks, but uh, yeah, for now, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's really that big of a deal if you're not playing something fresh. Yeah. It'd be nice to get maybe a fresh perspective on Dead Space, but I don't know that it's... Yeah. Well, I've never played it, so I'm excited world. to play Dead Space, right? Like, that's the game I missed. It's one of the ones I missed, so uh, I will play it. Uh, I just, yeah, I might just wait a little bit. Anyways, let's, uh, as we normally do, t- uh, dive into listener feedback real quick. And uh, not a lot this time around, but we did have some responses, and and uh, I appreciate you guys doing a little bit of research for me. And uh, play by Ken writes in, um, playing the main game of Gran Turismo Seven in VR would be fantastic and really help lift that game out of mediocrity. And he said, as already mentioned in the comments, there's only the 2020 GR Yaris in Gran Turismo Seven, and that's a car specifically built for WRC. Homologation? Homologation? I don't know what that is. Homologation. Yeah, yeah. Right, fair, fair enough. Uh, not, not one you will see on the streets of the USA. I've hardly played a thing so far this year. Got a new guitar ramp and spending my time with that while trying to decide what game to sink my teeth into next. Choices, choices. Anyways, great episode again, guys. Thanks again for writing in Play by Ken. And then uh, One Black Talent had beat him to the punch and said that the Toyota GR Yaris First Edition RZ20 is in Gran Turismo. Quick Google search. Thanks, One Black Talent. I appreciate that. Um, I, I got to look this car up, and I, I haven't had a chance to look it up and see what it looks like. The RZ. So what? What? What he said. What he said is that it's for WRC homologation. What that means is that it was built specifically to compete in the World Rally Championship. And so they have to build so many of them Mm -hmm. to have it be considered like a quote-unquote production vehicle, but it's basically just to – the homologation means that it's to adhere to the rules and specifications of the World Rally Championship. So like they're not selling them to people, but you – It's not going to handle like my car, right? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Um. 
I'm trying to pull up a picture of it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, it's a nice looking Yaris, man. Um, I mean, it doesn't look amazing or anything, but it looks pretty nice. And it's not the hatchback either, which is interesting from what I can tell. It's the, uh, well, I guess it depends. It looks like they, I'm seeing images of this gray Yaris, uh, light gray Yaris. And it says GT7 edition. Maybe this is the real car. Did they, did they make, (laughs) hold on. They're selling, hold on. Toyota Yaris GT7 edition might be the easiest way to get a PS5 CNET. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They're giving away a PS5 if you bought this Yaris? Ah, that's so funny. That's a real thing. I was like, is, I couldn't tell if that was a game picture or a real car. It's a real car. They were selling the yeah. Yaris, but it's not a hatchback. It, it's it's morphed. Um, I think the one in the game is a hatchback. Um, if I looked at the image right. Anyway, we don't need to keep jumping down this. It actually looks pretty fucking dope, dude. I, I don't want another Yaris, but uh, when mine's done, it's done. Um, I need an SUV or something bigger for all my gear but and for all the snow driving we have or don't have, rather. That's so funny. But thanks for writing in, guys. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, very cool. So there you go. Um, if you guys want a PS5 and you're in trouble getting one, just go buy a Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is something that you could just go to the fucking Toyota dealership and buy. Mm. Could you imagine walking in, being like, I can't find a PlayStation? Um, do you guys have any Yaris's for sale? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they'd look at you like you were crazy. Ah, oh, Jesus. Well, Jake, I don't want to keep us on here long today. We, it's sun, we're recording this on Sunday. And uh, why don't you – you did all the notes because of my computer issues. So I'm going to let you uh, lead the show here. Why don't, why don't we get into some news? Why don't you go ahead and lead it? Uh, yeah, so um – Got a basically a, a, an amalgamation of this news from like Push Square and Video Games Chronicle and stuff, but uh, um, I think the listeners kind of know at this point that we don't break any news. So if we're reading it, it's because we got it from somebody else. Oh, for sure. Just saying. Um, but some some interesting notes about The Last of Us. The the since the TV show, and this was a thing with The Witcher and with the. Uh, cyberpunk as well since the release of the tv show last of us part one and last of us remastered sales have increased 305 percent and 337 percent respectively week over week in the uk that's crazy so i don't i don't know i haven't seen any numbers for the u.s this is for the uk but i mean that's a lot now i'm sure that like those games were probably not selling like Millions of copies because they're – I don't want to say they're old hat at this point, but they're, they've been around for a bit. But having a 300% increase to um, The Last of Us is pretty – sales is pretty good. It means more people are playing it, which is awesome. Um, the other thing that about The Last of Us is that – Apparently, if you live in the UK, so if we have any listeners that live in the UK, the first episode of the TV show is available for free on YouTube. It's like an hour and a half. Which is which is awesome because it's not available in the US. So I don't know if I – I saw like Sky TV was sponsoring it or something like that. So I don't know what the relationship is with HBO or whatever. But 
there's a lot of this shit that happens where like on YouTube stuff is available to watch in other countries, but we can't watch it here because of some fucking bullshit licensing rights and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, but if you live in the UK, good for you. You can uh, probably watch the first episode of what's turning out to be a pretty good TV show for free in uh, the United States, the United Kingdom. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very, um, very good. Then uh, the last kind of little note I have here about The Last of Us TV show is that it's apparently it's been officially renewed for a second season already after the first two episodes, which is, I guess, not shocking because it's it's good. But I guess maybe what's all what's a little bit kind of shocking about it is just how popular it is. Um being that it's a, a video game adaptation, and I, I know Sony has kind of like gone out of their way to to not really brand this as like a PlayStation product, like right. it's not plastered all over it, like they would do something else, like the Uncharted movie, which or is really smart. So I'm guessing, you know, it's maybe it's working. I bet there's people that are watching this that have no fucking idea that this was a video game. So, and they're probably really liking it. But at the same time, it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, well, well, if they knew that it was a video game and they're not a gamer and they watch this, they're like, this is fucking awesome. Maybe I should try it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know, though. I don't know if you have any comments on any yeah, of those uh, I do real quick. Points. First off, don't forget to tune in to our Last of Us spoiler conversations Monday evenings. Jake and I have been watching the uh, the series, and we've started a new a new YouTube series called "P.S. This Is the Last of Us." Make sure you tune in. We're I can't believe that we're doing two shows in a week. Like it actually feels like it's tough to do. Like I I don't know why we're doing it, but we're doing it because it seems like a good jumping on point for maybe people to find our shit. And if uh, you know, I want people to watch this and and pay attention to what we're talking about and appreciate what we do. We put a lot of hard work into our stuff. So yeah, so tune into that. But yeah, I think that. The jump in sales is just wild. Like I said last episode, I couldn't believe they were re-releasing The Witcher with physically with a PS5 um, disc, and uh, it doesn't surprise me. But those those are big jumps. I mean, if you're just looking at it from a ratio, right? Three hundred percent is a lot. No matter what they were getting before, I mean, the ratio is still the same. So they're getting. 300% more sales. Yeah. So that's a big bump. And uh, opposite of a cautionary tale, you know, like some situations, like if something dives or something sucks, it, it could maybe potentially harm the sale of the game. Or You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe. But this is the complete opposite. So there's that. And then um, as far as it being renewed for another season and about you saying that people don't realize it's game. I think it's great that it's renewed for another season. I'm actually pretty surprised. It's a nice vote of confidence from HBO. Um, but it makes me wonder, are are, are we going to have a situation where any of these actors or actresses are like not returning for the next season? Because this is happening with The Witcher. After season three, uh, Henry Cavill's like, nope, I'm out. And he's like the main dude. Is it possible that Pedro Pascal was like, I'm not going to be Joel for season two or I'm not going to be, you know, and, and I guess the, uh, the director, um, 
I can't remember his name. Mark Crazen? Crazen? Mazen. Mazen is his last. Chris Mazen? Something Mazen. The director of the show has said that they're going to probably split up The Last of Us Part 2 into two seasons, which makes sense. I just don't know how they're going to tackle it. Are they literally going to give us, minor spoiler, one whole season where you're one person and one whole season where you're the other person? No, they don't have to do that in a TV show. They can bounce around. So I'm assuming that they're going to probably do it in the order of like the way that the, t- the, the game did it, but they're just going to make everything longer. Maybe now, you may have episodes that you may have episodes that follow solely one person, but I have a hard time believing that they're going to do it ex- split them completely different seasons because they kind of take place simultaneously so you can't like have one season and then the next season it's gonna be a challenge happen at the same time so i don't know but i'm sure that uh it'll probably be good yeah it's gonna be a challenge because you're trying to tell two stories on the same timeline that are occurring at the same time between two characters so to do that and to let the viewer realize that it's occurring at the same time might be kind of tricky so there might run into some timeline or some confusion issues with the way they, they shoot this. So I'm I'm excited for it. I'm happy about it. And uh, that's all I really have to say about it, Jake. I, I, I think it's a great show. And uh, if you haven't started watching it yet, listeners, I, I really – if you have an HBO uh, subscription, um, you know, I, I would get right on that train if you haven't because – and it's weird because I was watching the news the other day and then one of the, one of the news anchors was like, yeah, there's – have you seen that new show, The Last of Us? And they started laughing. Like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a nail biter. And I was like, this is so weird to have something that is so close to us be like on like a major news outlet channel on, t- on cable television. It's just so bizarre. My suggestion is if you don't want to pay for the service, because it is like 15 bucks a month. It's not like it's cheap. Um and you can avoid spoilers. Jake will just give you his game, password. Uh, well, no, I was going to say, <laughs> although you probably, if you've, if you've played the game, you know what's going to fucking happen. Yeah, right. Um, then just wait till it's all done. Get the free seven day trial. Watch the whole thing in seven days yeah. and then cancel it. That's smart. Yeah, you could do that. So, you, I mean, you have to wait a couple months and you'll be behind. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the best way to do it if you really don't want to pay for HBO Max. And we signed up for it just because I have some interest in some of the other shows on there, like Barry and... Oh, Barry's fantastic. You got to watch it. Have you started Barry yet? We haven't started it. Oh, my dear God. Um, (laughs) So I've heard it's it's pretty funny. So we kind of uh, were we're watching a couple other things right now, but... Um, we can't like bounce back and forth between TV shows. Oh. Like if we put something on, we watch it until we're done with it, and then we watch something oh my else. God, you gotta watch. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's cool. The Last of Us TV show doing well. Um, glad to see that. We'll just have to see how. I can't wait. The next episode comes out tonight when we're recording this, so we'll have another episode hopefully of oh. the podcast recorded tomorrow. Uh, drink some caffeine. It's supposed to be another longer one, an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes or something. Oh, really? Yeah. That's what I've heard. That's fine. I have I have hockey beforehand, so I'm not going to be able to fucking sleep anyway. I might as well stay up and watch I'm a TV in, show. Um, but, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. It seems like this is going to be a, a banger of an episode. It's supposed to introduce Bill and Frank, so that'll be kind of cool. 
Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, there was this tweet, I don't know if you saw this from CD Projekt Red, about the next-gen update for The Witcher. Apparently, it is getting a patch soon, but they did have a image in there that was talking about, I guess, the different versions of the the uh the different versions of the next gen update game like the new box release or whatever okay. and so so the tweet says this is from at witcher game if you're thinking about getting a box edition of the witcher 3 wild hunt complete edition for ps5 or xbox series x here's a handy list where you can check out the blah 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 what, what it's all about it's basically that it's basically a grid and it's showing all of the new features and what is available on all of the consoles. So they they show cross progression, my rewards, new vo Korean and simple oh, vo um, Korean and simplified Chinese uh, quality of life improvements and additional content, gameplay quests, cutscenes, bug fixes. That's available across everything, and then. The new added shit, you've got ray tracing, implemented mods, character and environmental improvements, FSR 2.1 photo mode, pause the game during cutscenes, which should have been in the fucking game to begin with, but I digress. Um, alternative camera modes, don't know what that means, but that sounds kind of interesting. DLSS 3 and ray traced reflections and shadows. And so... All of these additional things, which are like the the next gen shit that they put in, um, everything except for so PL, PC has everything. PC has everything and always gets everything. Fucking master race. They have the best. They have the best equipment. They always get everything. So for PS5 and Series X, you get everything but DLSS three and ray trace reflections and shadows. And you also only get ray tracing mode. You don't get global illumination and ambient inclusion, which is – those are like – like I said, they're like PC Master Race things. Same with the LSS3 and ray trace reflections and shadows. The PS5 and the Series X just don't have the hardware to be able to do those things. But you do get a form of ray tracing and you get all of the other stuff like I had mentioned. Um, and then Series S, which is the – the little guy, the new little guy for Xbox, which is what I have, it has all of the stuff that the other consoles have, but it does not have ray tracing. So it still has the implemented mods, the character environment improvements, FSR 2.1 photo mode, pause the game during cutscenes, camera modes. So there is it seems like they did a lot to it. I mean, I haven't tried it's it, so, I haven't played it, so I have so. no fucking idea what's and, and I guess the thing that they didn't um I assume because the image says the Witcher Wild Hunt free next-gen update. Uh, I assume that this is for all people who have the Witcher 3 who have updated, not just if you buy the Witcher 3 right. Wild Hunt. Yeah, it's a free next-gen update, right, yeah. So so I would be curious this to try drop? this out. Or is this just uh, I think it's already out. I think it's already out. Um. I don't know that the – it's not very clear, so I should. I guess I should be I – sh, I, I don't know how to be clear on this. But the, the tweet says what I was talking about, about the complete edition. 
And then there's a separate statement in the tweet that says, P.S., keep your eyes peeled for a new patch coming very soon. So my assumption is that this image with all these features is already included in the next-gen update. And they're just announcing in addition That's how I read it. that there's all, there is a new patch coming. So um, I would say that you should be able to capitalize on all these things now. I, you know, I think that yeah. the next-gen update is out. I made a complete mistake starting a new game plus. Uh, I wanted to do it just because I wanted to have all the shit and keep my character. But I really think the joy of the game is getting all the different fucking armor sets and stuff. <laughs> new game plus is a little confusing. It reads weird. It's like... Oh, you're really, really leveled up. And I was like, oh, I'll just be able to steamroll people. No, because all the enemies are leveled up also. So then when yeah. you have all of the armor and it gives you the option to go get the armor again, because like I was picking up like commoners boots that were better than my dragon boots. And I was like, yeah. I don't understand this. Like, it's confusing. Like, why would this shit be better than what I already have? Like, this is the best shit. But like it downgrades all of your armor for the new game plus. So you have to go on these fetch questions, quests again. You might as well just start a brand new game. So you were right when you mentioned that. You were like, dude, I would just start from the beginning. So I'm probably going to start a brand new game, I think, of The Witcher. My, my, so my two favorite interpretations of New Game Plus are one where you just have all your shit and you start from the beginning and the game just lets you fucking steamroll it. Yes, that's what I want. like a lot of times – a lot of times that's what I want. Like when I play New Game Plus, I just want to go through the story again. I want to find side content, but I don't want to struggle. I already got all the shit. I already You've did already struggle. struggled. I just want to steamroll. Okay, so there's that version or the version where uh, you don't keep a lot of – like all of your gear, but you keep all of like your, your XP and your currency, right? So like you still have to find new gear and all of that stuff. But you have a shitload of money and you have a lot of XP to start with and yeah. it allows you – it gives you a boost right off the bat rather than rather than straight up, you know, making you get, you know, new gear that looks shitty but is better than what you have. I think, yeah, yeah. And, I'm with you, man. And that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. I thought like I was going to have, you know, my Igni, my Ard, all that stuff completely leveled up the way that I left the last game, right? And I do. So the the benefit of a new game plus is that you can finally max that shit out because in one playthrough, it's hard to get it all. So then you can max all that out. But the problem is, is I kept all my gear and I kept all this stuff. But it reads weird now because the, the like I said, like the, the stats are like way low compared to just a commoner sword or a commoner, you know, leather jerkin, you know. And it's just like I can't fucking figure this out. It is weird. Diablo 2 did this thing back in the day where you would get like a, let's say, a, like leather armor, yeah. for example. And after you got like the best version of leather armor, when you start like a – sorry, I'm. let me think about this. Let me rewind. They had – uh, when you would start like a higher difficulty, you would find the quote unquote leather armor, but it would be called something new and the stats would be way higher. Yeah. So like like in the in like normal difficulty, you would never use leather armor unless it was like some super weird high enchanted kind of bullshit because you found some real crazy stuff that's way better. Yeah. 
But then whenever you start the higher difficulty, all XP kind of scales with it. They have new versions of all of those old items that are better than the original version. Right, so you start with the awesome armor on New Game Plus, but you stand to find the better version of it down the road. Yeah. So like the awesome armor you start with is just like fucking noob stuff. Right. Even though it makes you and, look and that, like a badass. Yeah, and that's that's kind of how Diablo has always been. And it almost seems like that's sort of what they're going for here. Rather than just like – because the way that Diablo did it is that you could just use your character and just start a new campaign in a higher difficulty. Mm-hmm. You could start it in a lower difficulty. You just wouldn't gain any levels because you wouldn't be getting enough XP. Right. But if you start at a higher difficulty, you get more XP – and you start from the beginning, but it's not like they're uh, like like it's a higher difficulty. Right. It's not like in The Witcher. It seems like they're dynamically scaling all of that stuff. They're not. They're not um, saying like th- you're starting a higher difficulty run. Yeah. You're just literally doing new game plus, and they're fucking scaling all the enemies so you're not steamrolling the game. Right. Rather than just letting you play in the lower difficulty or let you play in the higher difficulty. Yeah. Kind of like it's Diablo essentially the same it. game. You're just playing it again. Right. So it's uh, it's interesting. I don't know. Um, that's why I said I, I don't know. Like for something like The Witcher, I probably wouldn't do new game plus just because it, it doesn't seem worth it. And honestly, for me. And I, I have the same thing with – people think I'm crazy because I play, I like to play Diablo this way. But my favorite part of it is leveling the characters up and getting them all the way up to getting all the skills and all the gear and all of that stuff. The end game shit is like less fun for me. Yeah. You know, grinding until you get that slightly better piece of gear or whatever. Like I don't know. Like that is something that a lot of people – that's what most people like. But for me, I'd rather start from scratch and like – because finding the gear and all that stuff, to me, is part of the journey. So if you're going to play it again, you should just play it again. Well, definitely in The Witcher Unless, 2. You know, the, the, the Witcher yeah. 3 as well. Because it, a lot of those, like the wolf, the wolf school armor or the snake whatever school armor, each piece of that armor is its own mini quest. Right, you got to go yeah. find it somehow in like a catacomb that was buried, or like you find like a you know a dead witcher that's wearing it somewhere. You track them, and like you find all this cool shit. Maybe it's buried in the water somewhere, and you got to put together the the treasure map, and like it's kind of cool. I can't remember. I either did the uh, the cat school or the bear school. I think I can't remember which one I did. I think I wanted. I think I think I wanted to do. The cat school because it looks fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. but like I think assassin. I ended up doing. I think I ended up doing the bear school because it's just fucking tanky. Yeah, dude, shit. You, tank, you take a beating, and that game combat's tough, so it makes sense, dude. Well, here's yeah. the deal. Um, speaking of new game plus, Jake, tell us about Dead Space. Okay, so yeah, the next news point I have here is that, and I just put this on here because I think that it's it should be applauded when a developer does this. Dead Space remake has New Game Plus and an alternate ending at launch. So unlike all these other fucking games where you got to wait six months or a year for them to release New Game Plus mode, which to me seems like something that should be boxed in with the game, 
they're, they have this available at launch, which is awesome because there is like a progression system to Dead Space. You do upgrade your weapons and your suit and all that stuff. It's not like real deep like an RPG, but but you know, like you you want your your weapon to be upgraded. It's, it makes the game easier. It makes it easier to fight the enemies and stuff. You, the the uh, the dismemberment in the game is easier when like your little like beam is wider, so it's easier to hit the limbs and stuff like that. So New Game Plus could be pretty interesting. And and because there's no there's no like XP and stuff, I feel like this New Game Plus is probably literally just you start the game with your upgrades. Like the enemies mm. probably aren't any harder or anything like that. And that's the type of shit that I want. Do you only get so, the alternate ending if you beat New Game Plus? I don't know how the alternate ending works. I didn't really look into that. I th- It might have to do with how you play the game, but I'm not sure. Okay. Um, we can look into that, but it's, it's just interesting that it's available. Yeah, I love it. Um, the... The next news point here is kind of interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but there was footage of a Horizon multiplayer game leaked. And supposedly it's like some old footage and the game may or may not actually be currently in development. But there have been a lot of rumors about rumors. They may have even confirmed that they were working on a multiplayer version of Horizon or a co-op version. Uh, But... They show this this multiplayer thing, and 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 it's just a character with all these dev tools. So he's like teleporting around the world and stuff, and it's just a character running around, basically the horizon world. But everything is all the characters are like cartoony looking, and <laughs> it's all like ultra realistic, like Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Zero Dawn is. So. I don't know if this is actually in development, but it wouldn't surprise me if the multiplayer version of this game has some sort of graphical detune because the the graphics in Forbidden West are fucking awesome. And I have to imagine that it might be difficult to have some kind of a shared space or shared world kind of game that had that kind of graphical fidelity and keep latency down between players. So they may be for fidelity or for, for frame rate sake and latency sake moving towards like a Fortnite esque uh, graphic uh, palette. You will say, I hope not. But I don't You're know. Probably like, right. But have you have you seen this? No, like, I haven't. Did you watch seen it. it at all? No, I didn't it's, see it. It's literally it literally just looks like a. Um, is it just really early development, and that's why it looks that way? Or does it actually look like it's somewhat polished this way? Well, it's it's weird. I mean, it kind of looks like I'm watching it right now, and it looks relatively polished. I mean. It shows a character running around a world, and the world looks like it's well built. I mean, there's some weird shit going on, like boxes not sitting on the ground and stuff. Because obviously it's a development build, but it looks like it looks like it could be a completed game. How are you watching it? it? Where, Where are you finding this at? 
Here, I'll just uh, let me. Um, I kind of want to see what you're talking about. Let me drop it in the chat on Discord, and you can click on it, and you can see the yeah the video. But I uh, you can see like if you look at the the because it's kind of low res the. The world doesn't look too bad because you can't really tell if it's got that like cell shaded sort of nature to it. But if you see like when they do the close ups of the characters and stuff, you can see that they're like that very smooth, like, uh, like, um, I don't know, cartoon style. Like there's no nuance to the textures on them and stuff. Like it's, it's very, everything's very like, it almost looks like it's made out of clay or something. It's, it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. But if you look at like the, like if you scroll around a little bit, you'll see like there's the, the robot dinosaurs running around the world. It looks like horizon. I mean, I don't know, have any idea who made this, where this came from, but like the, the people that are running around are obviously not Aloy. They're just like some rando, rando fucking characters. It looks like some creative character thing. So it's, uh, kind of interesting. Yeah, you'll see like I the, see you'll see like the characters running up to some of the dinosaurs and then they'll bring up a dev menu that just says kill all enemies and then they'll all just like explode and like items will pop out of them. And uh, they'll go pick them up. So there's no combat in this footage. It's just the character running around, and then the enemies attacking you. Right. And they'll you'll see like some uh, models they'll come across aren't don't have textures on them for buildings and stuff. So it's very clearly like a development kind of build. But uh, it's interesting nonetheless. I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts about it or not. The environment doesn't look very Fortnitey to me. That's why I was saying, like, it, it could possibly just be because of the the resolution of the video. Like, it's kind of hard to tell how smooth the textures and the lighting and everything are. Yeah. But um, and it could also be but, that because it being a, an online game. They're, they, everyone can't be Aloy, so they're probably just. Well, having, no, 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 no. They may not That's, have just come I, up with the character designs yet, which is why the character. Yeah, no, movie. it's uh, it very well could be that um, you know, these are just placeholders. It is, but I would assume that if it's like some sort of open world, shared world thing, that you would be able to create your own character and run around. I mean, right. that kind of seems obvious to me. Creating characters. I think historically usually don't look very great, you know. Oh, that guy looks kind of wild. Yeah, I do see what you're saying. I just gl- I yeah, was trying have- to edit the the OBS while I was watching this at the same time because when I stretched open the Discord uh, chat, it kind of screwed up the display in OBS, so I had to fix it. Um, but yeah, I see the big goon looking kind of guy, the big the big character running around. I would think there would be probably a little more. I don't know, man. It is hard to say. But I, I don't know. I don't think it's... It, it doesn't look bad look, to me. If this is No, it doesn't. It, it does not look... To be clear, it does not look, you know... There's, like, not some guy fucking dabbing on the corpse of a robot or something <laughs> like that. Like, it, it doesn't Dabbed. look People culturally like... It doesn't look culturally like Fortnite, mm-hmm. but... but I, And I, I, I hate to use that as a pejorative, but it's just kind of like the the... 
the general kind of way that we talk about games that have this sort of cartoony style to the way that they look. Yeah, dude. And I don't know. I think it looks okay, though. I mean, we'll just have to see if they ever actually announce a multiplayer game. Because I do have another news point here uh, about a UK-based studio called Studio Gobo has announced that it is partnering with Guerrilla Games to work on Horizon. And this studio was... they were So a lot of people maybe may or may not be aware that... The big developers whose name is splashed on the front of video games whenever you start, they're not the only people that work on those games. Typically a lot not. of times, a little bit of that work is farmed out to other studios and stuff. Studio Gobo is one of these types of studios that work as a co-developer for a lot of these games. And they've worked on stuff like uh, the new um, Xbox-exclusive Redfall. They've also worked on Hogwarts Legacy, and they've worked on a bunch of other stuff. But apparently they've announced that they're co-developing or they're, they're partnering with Gorilla to help work on Horizon. And there are – there is almost 100 percent certainly going to be a third game. There has to be based on the way that the second game ends. Now, they have also announced the possible multiplayer entry. So this studio could be working on either one. It's possible – excuse me. It's possible – that maybe this leaked footage is even from them. I have no idea. So we'll have to kind of wait and see what their contribution really is going to be. But it seems like uh, Sony is gearing up in some capacity to work on more Horizon. And whether or not... I have to imagine Gorilla Proper is working on Horizon 3, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah. Um, but... The it would totally make sense for a third party studio or something like this who's working in a second second party capacity to help with a a spinoff entry like this multiplayer game. So I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if you have any uh, input on that. I I do. I mean, uh, you know, it seems like just about the time that I get. I'm like I'm I'm done with Horizon. I'm not interested. But then we start talking about Horizon, and then maybe this may not be exactly rel- relative to the news story. But I'm thinking like, dude, like if that DLC for Horizon came out like right now, I'd probably fucking give it a, give it a try. Like I'm just thinking like you know it was a really good game. Like I don't know. That's the problem. Like. You know, it just depends on my mood about Horizon. Like, sometimes I'm really hot on it, and other times I'm just like, ah, we don't need another one. This is too much of this shit. But then just looking at that that video... Well, especially you're you're in, like, a betweener space right now, too, where you're not really sure what you want to play, so something like that sounds very, very intriguing. Yeah. But if you were, like, in the middle of a bunch of new games that you were playing, you probably wouldn't have as much interest in playing it. Not, I'm not saying that... You know that it's not going to be good. It's probably going to be great. But we've commented on this before on the show about how it's almost impossible for me. It's a little bit easier for Fred, I think, but it's almost impossible for me to go back to a game like a year later and try to like jump into some fucking DLC content. Yeah, because it's like I've separated myself so much from it to try to jump. I remember whenever Frozen Wilds came out for the first game. I played it, and for like the first few hours, I just struggled 
because you get a cadence with the combat and like the timing and learning the enemies and what weapons do what best and learning all your skills properly. And now if you've left the game for a year, it's really hard to jump back into it because it's not like you're starting from the beginning and you're learning that shit as you go. You're literally jumping back into a fully spec fucking Aloy trying to do all this stuff with enemies that are treating you like a fully spec Aloy, not like a beginner who just figured out how to use a spear. So right. it's uh, it can be a little bit challenging, but I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, looking at this multiplayer kind of leaked footage is 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 piqued my interest in Horizon again. Whether or not it's not piqued it enough that I really want to jump back into Forbidden West, but enough that I would like if the, if this if we found out that this game was coming out in six months, I would definitely be interested in checking it out just to like see what it is. Yeah, dude, for sure. I I'm I'm of the same mind, and I I I do have. I have some qualms with jumping back into shit when it's old, but I mean, like, there are some games that I make the exception for, you know? I mean, like, I, I did go back into Grand Theft Auto Five online because I just kind of had a hankering for trying it out after all the news stories, and I wanted to be Dr. Dre Mission. I started it, but I never... I, I took all that time to get to it and get the, the business wheel. I never really played the missions. Um, I don't know. A, a, lot of, a lot of what drives my decision to go back to a game I think is a lot of what you're pointing out is like do I have a new game to play am I excited about anything else right now do I even feel like playing video games and it's all got to be the perfect storm for me to go back and do it but I'm not entirely hands down 100% against it you know what I mean like I'll do it but it's got to be the right configuration for me it's it's all got to line right up and when it does, I'm all in. You know, I, I I don't. You know, I don't know. I never say never, and uh, it can happen. But yeah, the stuff with Horizon looks really good, man. And you know, if anything, may, maybe I get VR and get Call of the Mountain, and I get my fix that way. And then I could care less about burning skies or burning shores or whatever the heck it is. And uh, the new Horizon online game or Burning Shores. I think Burning Skies wasn't Burning Skies that resistance uh, thing. That it? Vita game for resistance. Yeah. 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 I don't know. We don't um, need to talk about it anymore. But it, I'm with you. I, I think that it's cool. Um Horizon's one of those games that I don't dream about, but when I see it or I think about it, I'm like, wow, you know, that is a nice little property there. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so Moving on to some news that is interesting to me. I don't know how interesting it is to Fred, but based on some reporting from Kotaku and Insider Gaming, it looks like two new Far Cry games are in development. Uh, Far Cry 7, which is a new mainline entry, as well as a multiplayer-specific multi Far Cry spinoff that is supposedly going to be like an extraction shooter. Uh, which is all the rage right now. Apparently, I, I it's not a it's not a game type that I've even, like going back to the Dark Zone and freaking Division and shit like that. It's not it's not something that I'm really all that interested in. But I know it's something that people that are into multiplayer gaming really like. So 
it's kind of an interesting thing, and I think that the series would work well for it. I guess the it looks like maybe the multiplayer game. I, th- I think I saw that it was going to take place in Alaska or something, which is kind of dope. Yeah, there's um, not a lot of games that take place in that. The uh, Far Cry Seven is exciting to me because I've always been a fan of the mainline Far Cry games. My favorite probably being Far Cry Five, but uh, so Far Cry Seven is going to be a new mainline. The one thing that was kind of interesting, though, and I don't have it written down here, but I read that the they are moving Far Cry to the Snowdrop engine rather than using the Dunia engine, which is historically the engine that was used for all the Far Cry games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Snowdrop, for those that don't know, is the, the engine that was used to develop the division. So and it looks great. It, and it's a great engine, and it has all those great like weather physics and all that stuff. But I'm wondering if it isn't also partially geared towards shared world shooters and if right. Far Cry 7 isn't going to just be like a division style shared world shooter with a campaign. You know, know what I mean? And that would be a bummer to me, but I understand Ubisoft has been on this fucking uh, – just crusade to abandon everything in the cause of uh, um, oh, what do they call these games that make money? Um, games of service? Games of service, yes. So like they're making all of their shit. Like they've even come out and literally said that Games as a service are what we want to do going forward, like because they they can't develop something fucking good, right. so they're trying to develop something that can take money from people. Or, or that sounds very negative, but generally they're trying to make something that will generate income more than just the game sale, so that they can make up all of their losses. And I think it's Ubisoft that I saw. Um, They've got like an insane number of employees, like way more than they should. Yeah, right. I think it's like I think that like Activision Blizzard is by far the largest div- a publisher in the world because they have Call of Duty basically. And they have literally half as many employees as Ubisoft does. Ubisoft has like 20,000 employees. Wow. And they have literally maybe a tenth of the revenue is Activision Blizzard. Mm. So you've got you've got twice the overhead but a tenth of the the revenue. Now, and that to me that's just a them just being getting themselves in a bad business position. But I understand that a lot of their employment is out of the country and freaking impoverished nations like I don't want to say impoverished, but like cheaper nations to work in like India and stuff like that, but Still, I mean, I just I'm bummed because there are games that Ubisoft makes like Far Cry and Assassin's Creed to a lesser extent that are historically they're like industry standards for single player games. So like people like they have a specific style of single player game that they have a first person version and they have a fucking third person version. They have the Assassin's Creed and they have the fucking Far Cry. Right. And they do play differently and like they're 
their their you know their character development and stuff is as far as like the RPG elements are a little bit different. Far Cry is a little bit less. Assassin's Creed's a little bit more. But like, it sounds to me like they're just selling all that shit down the river for live service moving forward. And I just wonder what that's going to mean because like for me. One of my favorite games that they've done in the last few years is Immortals Phoenix Rising. And that game was a single player game, but even it had like little, it had like a little store you could go to the fucking like black market or whatever where you can get all the shit that you have to pay real money for, even though it was a single player game. And so I shudder to think what mm. a new version, like what the next iteration of that game is going to be. What's it mean? Are they going to yeah. let it? Uh. Like, are they going to let it be single player or the, or is it just going to be this freaking microtransaction riddled mess? And or am I going to have, you know, other characters jumping around freaking teabagging me and shit like that while I'm trying to enjoy the story, mm-hmm. which is always like my my concern about a lot of these kinds of games. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. anyway, I, I, I can get off my diatribe. I don't know if you have any anything to say about Ubisoft or Far Cry. Dude, I've only played I know that, yeah, one Far Cry game. I'm not, it's not a franchise. Which one did you play? I don't remember. Four, maybe? Hmm. Three? Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah, three, three was the one that like made it famous. Yeah. So like one was the first one, which was not open world at all. It was like pretty linear. Two was open world, and it was like the the genesis of the new model, yeah. but it wasn't like super popular. And then three exploded. So whatever one I played, it wasn't it wasn't an experience that like I was like, oh shit, this is amazing. It was fine. I don't re- I don't remember it either fondly or negatively. I was very lukewarm on my experience with Far Cry. I do wonder if a, I wonder if any of that has to do with your state of mind when you were playing it because I do feel like there are elements of that game as like a shooter that you would enjoy and there's a lot of just really random ass shit that happens yeah. like in Grand Theft Auto that is part of the reason why people like it. Yeah. Like you'll just be You'll be fighting an enemy and then like all of a sudden out of nowhere, like a tiger will come up and just start mauling the bad guys. Like like random ass world shit happens, yeah. kind of like in GTA. They kind of make it interesting. Plus, usually the stories are pretty crazy and um, I don't know. I mean, but uh, yeah, we'll have to wait and see what's going on with Far Cry. I'm curious I, to I, see. I think they said – I think they did say that, that both of these entries were aiming for a – 2025 release so we still got a couple years before probably next year or maybe even at the end of this year we'll find uh, find out what these games are yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. we probably won't see them for another two years well what what is it we're 2023 so almost three years because if they go for fall 2025 that's almost three full years so it's going to be a while. So gear hopes up. They might have even canceled my Immortals sequel. So I'm not really, I'm not really holding out any hope for that. Nobody but, knows. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Interesting. Anyway. So the next news point here is about, we've talked, we talked, I think for a little bit previously about the DualSense edge controller and our opinions about it, what we thought it was going to cost. Fred was, I think you were pretty accurate on what you thought it was going to cost. Nailed it. And uh, it's 
so it's it's Sony's new $200 Pro controller, which is meant to be like the cream of the crop as far as controllers go for PlayStation. Crim de la crim. It's kind of like a copy of what Microsoft does with the Xbox Elite controller. Right. It's like customizable right. and it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit more heavy in your hands and everything. Well, reportedly recently people were saying that the battery life was less in the Edge controller than it was in the regular DualSense, which had a lot of people up in arms because the DualSense already has a short battery life. Like, it's really short. I don't know if you feel this way, but, like, I'm charging my controller every other day. Yeah. And and I don't play much games. I'm the same. So, I, you know, we're talking about maybe four to five hours of battery life on the DualSense is probably what I'm guessing I'm getting out of it. Maybe six. I don't know how what your experience is with that. Well, yeah, it's the same, but at the same time, I know you're not really hot on the ergonomics of the the DualSense, but I I absolutely think it's Sony's best controller, and I will take a little bit of, uh, you know, I, I will accept the concessions of battery life for just how freaking fantastic the controller is. But would you accept even less battery life than it has now? Not if I paid three hundred dollars like, for a controller. If you if if you pay two hundred dollars for a controller, sorry, and it, right? And it and it has. I would have went, four hours of battery life. I would have went into it expecting it to be less battery because of all the bells and whistles. Um, sure. So as a consumer, you just got to do your homework and then figure out if if you're willing to make those except the concessions that Sony made. Like, why couldn't they have packed it with a little bit of a bigger battery? I mean, that that alone would be a selling point. You know, that that might have been enough to tip the scales for someone who's not interested in it on its own. Well, it's funny you say that because reports online of some deconstructed edge controllers are showing that the reason the battery life is less is because the battery is smaller right. than the one in the regular DualSense controller. Right. So now I don't know. I didn't read too deeply into it, so I don't know if it's physically just smaller or if it actually has less capacity because better battery technology can get the same capacity in a smaller physical size. Right. So Look at AAA batteries. Uh, but right. I'm assuming because the generations are so <laughs> of controllers are so close together that it's probably just smaller batteries, slightly less capacity. So yeah. that's um, kind of interesting, to be honest with you. I... I'm with you though. Like, I wish that they would give you a, a way to like. Remember how you could like used to be able to slap battery packs on shit. You could like buy like the extra battery pack and like put it you on can, your cell phone. You and, can play it and plugged all that kind in. Of stuff. You know, you could play it plugged in. And I know that there are people that will like. Uh, they'll have one of those one of those battery packs that you use to charge your phone on the road or something like that. Right. And they'll plug that into their, excuse me, <laughs> they'll plug that into their controller. And so that, that that will be charging their controller while they're playing, yeah. which is kind of an interesting idea, but you shouldn't have to have this fucking thing tethered to you. I like agree. It, and, um, I've heard some really clever things about people who have a lot of couches you can buy now and chairs have USB ports in them to oh, charge man. your phone. That's awesome. So like you can just plug it into your chair. You don't have to like run it over to the wall or up to your console or whatever, which is pretty interesting. Um, there isn't really much too much more to say about the DualSense Edge. Apparently it's getting really good reviews. People really like it. So that's 
and they are saying that it is the elite version of you, the controller. Yeah. Do you have a, a regular dual sense yet that has failed? Uh, no. Both of mine are, are fine. My original white dual sense, uh, that left analog stick is is jacked, and it's so hard to just throw it out. But it's useless. So do you tear it apart and see what the problem is? Like it, if it's just like a physical thing, or do you just chuck it? Or is there any way to get money out of a a broken dual sense that you know of? I mean, you might be able to sell it for almost nothing. You're probably better off just literally cracking into it with a screwdriver and see if you can figure out what the problem is. Because otherwise, you're probably just gonna have to throw it away. Because it would cost you more money to get it fixed than it would to just buy a new one. Yeah. So. Probably has you a know, better you, you battery. You could find. What's going on? Is it just like sticking or something? The the analog stick registers on the PlayStation is always being pushed to the right. Yeah, so it could be if you pull it apart and pull the stick off and stuff. It could be that there's like some shit stuck in there, or, or maybe like something broke or whatever, and you might be able to like solder some some little connection or something back up yeah. or. It would be, dude, honestly, if you're just going to throw the bitch out, it would be worth just cracking it. At the very least, you could see what's inside of the thing. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? I mean, worst case scenario, you get a little bit of a show. Yeah, right. But um, Maybe I'll I do don't know. That. I would probably see if I could figure if, – if if you're never going to use it again. No, dude. It's you might just as well try and figure out what's wrong with it. For half a year now. It, I can't do anything with it. I, and, and, and the problem is I've mistakenly turned on my PlayStation with that. Like, because, you know, for whatever reason, I grabbed the wrong one. It still has, like, a small charge on it. And I press the, the PS button, turns the PlayStation on. And then I have my PlayStation uh, password protected. So I have to put in a code to turn on the PlayStation. Um, I just do that on my account because I'm, I'm so terrified of eventually getting hacked or something. So I don't know. I just I, – there's this thing that, like, in order to make purchases, I got to retype the password every time. And then in order to – you know, so I have these security measures. So I have like this this configuration, do 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 do, and then I I'm in under my user account. I'm just weird like that. Every door in my house is locked all the time. But like, so when I turn on the PlayStation with the bad controller, instantly it's like, and like it puts in the wrong password for my PlayStation, and I'm like, oh fuck, and then like it goes, and like it'll lock me out if I use the wrong controller to turn on the PlayStation. So. I have to hurry up and plug another one in and override it, and like it, it's, it's a dangerous dance I play with that controller. You need to put like some fucking tape on it or something. I don't think that, that even works. I don't think holding the opposite direction overrides. I think it's just off. No, no. I mean, I mean oh, visually, just- <laughs> so you know that it's the wrong controller. They <laughs> meant like tape the analog stick left. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm with you. Uh, All right. What's the next okay. point? So. Uh, just a little bit of news on Spider-Man 2, which we anticipate is going to come out this year. We haven't heard too much about it. We've just seen some trailers and stuff. I think just one trailer and then like uh, some commentary from um, Sony. But apparently Spider-Man 2 actor Yuri Lowenthal – I don't know if you remember who play, who he plays. No, I don't know. Yuri Lowenthal, American voice actor – is he Peter? Uh, uh, does Spider-Man voice – what? Yuri Lowenthal, the voice of Peter Parker. There you okay. go. He's Peter. There you go. The main the character. 
And remember, remember when they changed, they changed Peter Parker's model and they were like, oh, we want to make it look more like Tom the fucking Holland. actor. It doesn't, it really doesn't look like it. <laughs> so, so now the problem, now the problem is that Spider-Man looks like Nathan Drake. Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so Spider-Man 2 actor Yuri Lowenthal has made some comments about the new game. He has said that, quote, it's a massive game, so I'm still doing a little bit of work. Uh, and then kind of, quote, I know that they're confident about their release date, and Insomniac has always been good about that. Obviously, I can't talk much about the game, but I want to tell you, but I will tell you that it's astonishing, end quote. So not much that really we wouldn't expect out of Insomniac. I mean, we kind of assume that it's probably going to be pretty good. It's an Insomniac game. They're always good. And basically what uh, Yuri Lowenthal is saying kind of confirms sort of our other suspicion is that Insomniac is always really good about hitting their release dates. So... Now, to be fair, they haven't announced the release date yet. They just kind of uh, – I think they might have might have said it was coming out in 2023. But – and it kind of makes sense because you have to imagine 2024 is probably Wolverine, I'm guessing. So as far as like Insomniac releases. So the interesting thing here is that he is commenting on how the game is massive – and he also says that it's astonishing, which obviously we assume that it's going to be astonishing. And the first game was pretty big, so I don't know. Like, are they adding to Manhattan for this? You know what I mean? Like, is this going to be Manhattan plus something? Like, are you going to be able to go to, like, other parts of New York City? I, I am kind of curious about what what this means because one of the things that I've always wondered about these Spider-Man games is that are we just going to use the same fucking map forever because <laughs> right. it's Manhattan you know what I mean like it's not like can we like go Spider-Man's somewhere else in Manhattan like if Spider-Man like we should do like you know in uh, Miles Morales spoilers in Miles Morales oh, at the beginning easy. at the beginning Perry, Par- Her- uh, Perry Parker <laughs> Peter Parker leaves Perry Parker what, so that a uh, so so Peter Parker leaves to go on vacation or something, leaving Miles Morales in charge of Manhattan while he's gone. So that's why you're playing as Miles Morales. I would like them to do a spinoff where Peter Parker is on fucking vacation in like Venice or something, and he has to be Spider-Man there. That'd be cool. You know I mean? That'd be like, really cool. Like he goes on like a – instead of like just a field trip, he goes on like a class trip to another country or something. And, you know, may- maybe uh, Tony Stark makes an appearance and is like, listen, you know, you got to quit taking these trips because it takes a while for me to get out here to help you save your ass. You know, <laughs> shit like that would be really funny. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I-, I don't know if that is the opposite of the general idea of Spider-Man is, is operating outside of Manhattan, but – what I would like to see would be like you know like in in the in the the games that we've gotten already is that the the subway system can be used for fast travel, but can they open up that underground so that now we can explore it and be in it like for some reason like why would you want to go underground like could they could do some stuff you could get captured by a bad guy and end up in another area or something i they got they gotta take us outside of Manhattan a little bit right for a part or two to keep it fresh it would be neat if they had some kind of chapters of the game that took place in different areas like i don't see why they couldn't do that it's like oh freaking 
you know, Venom is fucking up Brooklyn or whatever. Or, or uh, you know, he went uh, all the way over to freaking Rochester. So we got to we gotta go to Rochester to, to fight fucking Venom. So it'd be like the most like, boring freaking environment for whatever but well it, i don't know yeah, it, it could be a situation where like you could you could draw it up in the story where it's like you know you've got spider-man you're doing such a good job here the criminals have just left they're, they're in different places now um you know they don't think you're gonna follow them then they bait you to leave and then you know while you're out of town like they do something to new york and then you got to come back or something hey it could be kind of fun like that it's hard to say where they're gonna go with it i do like spider-man um, but I don't – I don't really know. Like, does Spider-Man leave Manhattan? Does he? I mean, I'm sure that – I'm sure that he does, but – It's his responsibility though. He thinks – he takes it personally. So I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely – definitely interesting that uh, – that – it's so far. It's only been Manhattan. They, they have to change it for the next games. We'll just have to see what it's going to be. <laughs> well, we, you I mean, heard I'm sure it here first. Still, I'm sure Manhattan will still be there, but they'll probably like have different areas that you can go to. I I would like to think, just for my own sanity, that I'm not in Manhattan for another forty hours, unless they've done some incredible stuff to the game. You know what I mean? Who knows? It's possible. But I don't know. I mean the the uh, I guess yeah. So I don't know. The, the Manhattan's cool. They could also add different elements like construction and new buildings and things like that. That could be interesting. They should add. They could add some shit in like Central Park or like do some weird things like that. But I don't know. We can move on though. We've been kind of bsing about that long enough. Um, so. The last real news point here is the PS Plus Essential games for February have leaked, and much to my excitement, the first game we're getting is Ollie Ollie World because I did really want to try this. It's a uh, yeah, so, it's a fan favorite. So I'm excited that Ollie Ollie World is coming to PS5 and PS4. We're also getting Mafia: The Definitive Edition. Which was the uh, I think might have been the remake of the first Mafia. All I'm not three of positive them. Positive, I think. It. Are you sure about that? I think it's all the Mafia games. I could be wrong. <laughs> like the original, like the OG Mafia 1 and 2. I could be wrong. I thought it was all of them. Mafia. My freaking window's ah, breaking. My finger, dude. I'm just operating slower here right now today. Mafia Definitive Edition is a faithful expanded remake inspired by the two, the iconic 2002 original. So I think it's just the first game. I'll take it. Which is fine. Yeah. And then we've got Evil Dead, the game, which I know I think a lot of people were really having fun with that. That was like a multiplayer style, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, kind of game. And then Destiny 2 Beyond Light, which is the Beyond Light expansion for Destiny 2, which is the most recent expansion. The new one coming out is Lightfall, but it looks like they're putting Beyond Light out here, which is cool. I I... Did you purchase or sorry, it? The most recent one. The most recent one was the witch. Excuse me. The most recent one was the Witch King. Before that was Beyond Light. Oh. Um, I did. So I've had Beyond Light 
purchased for I might have it a couple too. I years. Might have it when we started I'm pretty sure you do because I think we did some missions together. Um, it's great when we both got Beyond Light, and yeah, it's it's good. I mean, they're basically this is a really good month. I think it's ridiculous. Actually, I mean, yeah, I, I think that this is probably the best month that we've had in a long time. I think all of these games have some level of critical acclaim, mm-hmm. whether or not they're you know they're not all ten out of tens or whatever. But it's not like we, we got any stinkers in here. Mm-hmm. So I think this this month has definitely got something for everybody. Um, cool. No, I think maybe missing is like a sports game or something. I don't know. Well, I but uh, I do think it's interesting that they're driving down on the multiplayer games here. Destiny Two is very much a multiplayer game. I mean, you can play it by yourself because you do, Jake. But a lot of people yeah. play it multiplayer. And then Evil Dead is a multiplayer game. So yeah, I mean, they, Sony owns um, Bungie now, and they're not really losing anything releasing Beyond Light right. with PS Plus because that's it's been out for a few years and to be completely honest with you, nobody's probably really buying it anymore. Yeah. So yeah. and I think that like the new Lightfall expansion is kind of going to going to sort of sunset all of that old shit anyway. I mean it's gonna all be wrapped into the new expansion. So I could be talking out of my ass. Well, this is a way to onboard that, people into Destiny and get them interested for, sure. the, for the new update. Sure, right? sure. It's, it's a smart business uh, move, I think. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, so the last thing that I just wanted to say here is that there is a bunch of stuff going on with Microsoft versus it, – it's the Activision deal by Microsoft, but it's literally just turning into Microsoft versus PlayStation. Yeah. And uh, where like – what's his name? Jim um, Ryan. Ryan went to Brussels to speak with the EU about the deal, and Microsoft is is shouting a bunch of crap online about how Sony is misleading EU regulators and all this stuff. Anyway, I just want to let you guys know that we understand that there's a lot of stuff going on with the Microsoft Activision deal and that Sony's involved in it. But I am just so fucking sick of hearing about this that I am not even going to bother putting anything about it that's fair yeah yeah this is just so, if you want to learn about it just it, go do your own research we're, we're not going to talk yeah about it here I, I don't know and now something to major be fair happens. to be fair if a listener wants to know our opinion on a specific piece of it hmm. and they want to like write in and ask us a question about our up. specific opinion about something then by all means hit, hit us up and we'll talk about it on write the show the comments whatever but, but literally every week there's stuff about this deal and and it's gotten to the point now where I think that most people are fatigued about it and most people are just kind of like, will they, won't they? It doesn't fucking matter. It's like one of those TV, sh- like those old sitcoms from the 90s where it's like the two people, will they, won't they for fucking nine seasons. You don't know like if they're ever going to get together. Will it's they? It's kind of like this thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this shit with freaking Microsoft in Activision. It's like at this point, I don't care if they get it or if they don't. Honestly, yeah. the only thing that matters to me about this is that if Microsoft does get Activision, they're going to fuck PlayStation because because we've got such they? a big stink about it. Why wouldn't they? After PlayStation has been being so crazy, whoever about wins, this. whoever gets their way with this, there's going to be some major bragging rights. And honestly, even if Jesus PlayStation wins and Microsoft doesn't get Activision. There's no way Microsoft is going to want to work with PlayStation after that. No. Like, but I mean, there, at the same time, was, they have to kind of understand the concern, right? Being a business themselves, 
You gotta like. There's a reason why they want Activision, right? There's a reason. They know why yeah. they want it because they're trying to win. They're trying. They're trying to you know push their competition, put their competition in a, in a worse position. That's the only reason. And and they have to expect Sony to push back, right? They have to expect it. So where it ends up, I mean, they can't. They can't take it personally. I don't think at this point, but they will because that's that's you know it's just going to cause a rift. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's my opinion. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're competitors, so I guess this is just all part of the game. But it's just kind of interesting. Anyway, we can leave it there. I I just wanted to make that mention yeah. so that people weren't wondering like, oh, why didn't they talk about yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. Jim Ryan pissing off Microsoft? And it's like, okay, well, <sighs> Jim Ryan's been pissing off Microsoft for a year now, and he's going to do it for another year because. They're not going to actually make a decision about this until at least August. So we're going to be hearing about this for another fucking nine months. Uh, Um, Anyway, so that's all for the news. And pretty much the show, we can talk about the new games coming out. uh, And then that'll be pretty much it. So I'm just going to read down this list of new games for the... um, for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we can kind of go from there. So January 31st, we've got Power Wash Simulator. We've got Raiden 4X Mikado Remix. SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Strike. Season, which is Season the one with the biker? Yeah, the fo- the photograph game about the end of the world or something. Like, it's, it's artsy-fartsy. I mean, bi- I mean bicycler, not like... <laughs> fucking riding a Harley, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, which would probably make that game kind of interesting. It'd be way um, more fun, so maybe. Then, I think it's going to be a good game, though. Yeah, it's probably going to be fine. Uh, then we got Straylight, and we were here forever. February 1st, we've got Football Manager 2023 and Rhythm Sprout. February 2nd, we've got Braves Rage, Chief Light, a restaurant simulator, Puzzle Bobble 2X, Bust a Move 2 Arcade Edition. Wait, what was Puzzle that one? Bobble 3. So, Puzzle Bobble 2X slash Bust a Move 2 Arcade Edition and Puzzle Bobble 3 slash Bust a Move 3S Tribute. Okay, that's fine. So, I, you almost so said Bubble Bobble. These are all. And my brain was like, oh bobble. shit. Yeah. To be fair, Bust a Move is fucking dope. Yeah. But I don't play games like this hardly at all anymore. This is a game that would be, would be, was, I don't know if you remember, like, did you ever play like these types of games on PS one? Like I used to play bust and move on PS one a bit. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's a game for you, Fred, deliver us Mars comes out because you just played deliver us the moon Mm. and exit man deluxe and fashion police squad. And then lastly, on February 3rd, we have Helvetti and the seed of life. Uh. So that is basically it for the show. I don't know if yeah. you have the seed of life could be interesting depending on what life we're talking about. Human life because that could get bad real fast. It's talking about flowers growing, then it's not very bad. Um, it's probably some freaking piece of shit. You just control a sperm the whole time. Let me just try to. <laughs> Oh, scene. weird! It's like some some scene kind of some. Life. Oh, it's some it's some kind of weird like third person adventure game. It's such a bad epic name adventure for a game, game about the persistence of life. This actually looks kind of kind of cool. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> didn't name. Mean be, didn't mean to be fucking ragging on it, but it actually looks kind of interesting. Yeah, the worlds look really neat. 
I'm looking at it's the the Steam entry on it. I mean, it's got mixed reviews. I don't know that it's like yeah. super good, but like the the visuals look neat. Deliver Us Mars is on my list. It's probably going to be a discount game. If they if they just you know Deliver Us the Moon is already on PS Plus uh, Extra, so I would imagine. We're going to see a discount on it. It's not one of those games I talked about last episode, how much I enjoyed Deliver Us to the Moon, but I'm invested in the story. I don't think I'm going to pull the trigger on it. If I'm going to buy any, excuse me, any game, it's going to be Dead Space before VR comes out. So, yeah, that is uh, probably a wise decision on your part. I was just reading just because you you'd brought up Dead Space. I just pulled up the the Game Informer review just because I was curious about what you had said about the controls yeah. or whatever. And here's the the, the here's the the basically the uh, the wrap up at the end of the review from Game Informer for Dead Space. They gave it a nine out of ten, and they say, "quote Rather than reinvent the wheel, Motive made Dead Space look nicer, play better, and preserved the core of the experience." Its new flourishes add to that enjoyment instead of subtracting. This game respects and polishes up my memories of Isaac's first encounter with the Necromorphs without making me miss the original version. It also acts as the perfect entry point for newcomers since it feels on par with today's titles. I hope this exceptional revision signals to EA that Dead Space has plenty of gas in the tank and becomes a harbinger for more horrifying stories in this universe. End quote. Interesting. So... So that's that's Game Informer. I mean, everybody has their own opinions. This is completely. Uh, it could have been a Push Square review, but, dude. Let me go Push Square real quick and see. Um, Push Square says this about Dead Space. Uh, at the end, uh, sorry, it's loading. It says they they gave it an eight out of ten. Very faithful remake, expanded story in areas, one-shot camera feature is even better, superb atmosphere and sound effects, Dead Space is still a great game, cons, visuals are disappointment, I don't, some frame rate drops, and then poor DualSense controller support. Um, but they probably, by that, they probably mean it doesn't utilize all of the You know, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to misquote anybody but it could have been the kind of funny crew on i i watch their podcast once in a while because they play a lot of games i don't play and they, they have little spoilers and stuff i i want to say that somebody at some point said something about how it very much still felt like a ps3 game hmm. i don't know who it was and i don't always be- agree with everything that they say over there but i don't know it could be a part of me wonders i mean i this is obviously me <laughs> extrapolating based on zero information but it could be like kind of like how i felt about high on life high on life felt very much like a ps3 game but it still felt when you were playing it it still controlled and everything like a modern game it's just that like the the systems of the game the energy of the game all of that stuff felt very much ps3 generation Mm -hmm. so but i don't know i mean we're we're really kind of just guessing at this point what other people are thinking but honestly i think that you're probably i i would have to imagine that you're safe to buy this if you wanted to pay full price for it but i wouldn't necessarily think that you have to if you wanted to wait until 
a deal yeah. or I just I just know my bank's getting hit for the five hundo for the PSVR in February. Yeah. And I don't regret it, but I know it's getting tagged and then it's tax season. So I'm throwing some money back at the big man and then Fuck, man. I know there's some uh, – we're renovating a bathroom. We're still saving up for that and doing stuff. So I don't know that I can justify a $70 dead space right now. I want to play it. I don't know. We'll see. I'll think about it. I'll chew on it. It's not like I don't have the money. I just – I'm trying to be smart with it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I The other comment I, – and I didn't talk about this a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to make for – since we have made comments about how we're both – into music and play music and stuff. I thought it was kind of sad that this month both David Crosby and Jeff Beck both passed away. Yeah. Which is pretty shitty because both of them, David Crosby obviously is probably a little bit more well known to the audience at large just because of Crosby, Stills, and Nash and all that stuff. And he's got that iconic mustache and everybody kind of knows who he is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jeff Beck is widely considered one of the greatest guitar players to ever live. And he's out of the UK, played or played with like Clapton and all those guys and stuff. Um, it's just kind of a bummer that we're getting to that point where a lot of these guys that pioneered the old. music that we are um, interested in now, like every every everything that would be considered blues rock, even country, all that stuff that we have now, these guys were the ones that that made it kind of into its modern form. Obviously, before that, you had guys like Chuck Berry and all that shit that, that really kind of really paved the way. But you're talking sure. about the, the guys that really spread it to the masses. And so we're getting to that point where a lot of these guys are, are passing away, and it's really a bummer, um, especially because a, a lot of these older gentlemen are, are some of my favorite artists so no, they're really really uh, good guitar guitar good guitar rock and roll we'll just wrap this up this is like the closing but for the for the episode so we're done with video game talk i think but the real good guitar work and guitar driven rock and roll I, I hate to say but it feels like a thing of the past a lot a lot of the bands these days aren't playing rock and roll they're playing like a version of three chord punk rock or they're playing a version of new metal or metal you know, just those those full chords with rattling through like a, a good distortion or even not even a distortion. But then the skill of some of these players that rip off improv riffs and like, you know, we're losing a lot of that in in modern music. Um, sure, you have your backing bands, you know, a, a lot of pop stars and stuff have these backing bands but those those guitars aren't this they don't ever get the spotlight you know they're just playing the song the pop music but i'm sure they can do it but that's not been the focus and i'm not saying you need a 30 minute solo in every song but you know you look at you look at some of these well constructed classic songs and there's a reason why they've stood the test of time and and it's 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 one skill and i'm not ragging on anybody here but it's i feel like I don't know. It's 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 slowly becoming a dying art form. It's like writing good classic rock songs. And not even classic, just writing a good rock song, right? I think the reason Foo Fighters find such success 
is because they feel like a rock band still. Like if you look at the chord formations and what they're doing with their hands when they play guitar, they're not just power chords. They're doing really interesting stuff on the guitar necks and they're writing really – It's simple. It's simple, yeah. not like overly technical. And I don't say simple in meaning that it's easy. I just mean that right. it's not like – It's not in your face. Riddled with fucking sweet picking and all this crazy shit right. that like – you know, basically, the Instagram generation has created these guitar players that, these while prodigies. incredibly impressive, they're like, pro, you know, they can do all this insane technical stuff. It doesn't help with the creative element as much when you're talking about something like just, you know, down home, fucking hard thumping rock and roll. Right. And, uh, and so I was just, yeah. oh, did you ever, I don't know if you saw it, but I just recently, just yesterday, actually watched the. Um, Rick Beato interview with Billy Corgan. It's like an hour and a half. I long. watched the first parts of it, and man, I, I, I don't, man. As I get older, I, I don't. I think Billy Corgan's a little off his rocker on some of his views and stuff in the world, but he's a, he's a really interesting guy. And Rick Beato knows his knows his music, man. They talk about artists that I've never even heard of, you know. And uh, I think he yeah. impressed Corgan. Um, with dropping some names, you know, uh, Cor- Corgan, I, I think, comes off as an intellectual dude. And, and Billy Corgan has written some really interesting rock songs. Um, you know, he's into wrestling and stuff. And he owns like a wrestling company, too, like which is weird. Like he's he's really diversified and he's a strange person. But uh, no, I no one can take away from the fact that he wrote some of the greatest 90s songs ever. Um and uh, I don't know. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole interview, and I meant to get back to it. But I think he would be a tough person to interview just because I, I don't want to say he comes off. I, I think at times he does come off arrogant. Um, but I mean, like, I, he would, but not without good. It's not like unearned arrogance, I think. You know, you don't need to be arrogant, but he kind of comes off kind of like a know it all or pretentious in, at times. Corgan does not be auto Corgan does. And yeah. I would have been nervous to sit in a room and talk to Billy Corgan just for fear of him. Just calling me out as being a fucking fraud. Cause that's the kind of guy that he is. Like he's so fucking layered deep into this shit. What were you going to say about it? Though? I'm curious. Well, I was just, he just, he talks about, um, he does kind of get that way. Like here and there a little bit in the interview when they're, when he's talking about, uh, basically how Butch Vig went from doing uh, the first that Pumpkins album mm-hmm. to doing Nevermind and how Butch kind of used uh, Billy Corgan's guitar sound for the Nevermind album. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And so they had like a little bit of an argument about that, I guess. But like other than that, they're basically just talking about how – all of these songs came about, like all these crazy songs like mm. Cherub Rock and Tonight Tonight and Disarm and all this like great stuff that the Smashing Pumpkins did and sort of like how he was thinking about it when he wrote the chords and he was talking about Tonight Tonight and he was like, we were just jamming on this change, which ended up being that like main Da, 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 yeah. That part of the song, Pete's once in a while. And he's yeah. like, he's like, we're just jamming on this thing, and like, we're jamming on jamming. It didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. And then he was like, and then I thought about just moving, like intellectually, like I thought about just moving this one thing, and it changed the chord just slightly, and it completely altered the vision of the song. Yeah. 
and, and he's talking about all of that. And it's just like, I wonder how much of that thought and care and creativity and everything goes into modern. The, I don't want to, I don't want to say that, that modern artists don't care as much as back in the day, but they comment on things like AI and stuff. And it's like how back in the day, artists had to spend 10,000 hours being masters of their craft. Mm. And he made a comment. He's like, probably in the next 10 years, 10 or 20 years, it's going to be prevalent that someone is literally just going to type three notes into a fucking AI algorithm and it's going to spit out a hit song, period. That's what it's going to be. And you're not going to be able to tell the fucking difference between that and somebody who wrote it organically. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get there. It's kind of sad, but I mean – I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, you know, when AI writes. This is not the music podcast. Yeah, so I guess we should, oh, we, well, we kind of told him yeah. that we're done gaming talk. But yeah, I, we can close it out. I, I gotta up, The longer we talk, the longer the upload's going to be. It's fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I guess it's just, I, it is sad uh, to your point that those guys passed away. And, you know, in one more comment about modern music, I, I'm 100% going to be honest and I, I don't believe in – I do, but I don't like, you know, like guilty pleasures and stuff. But, dude, I, you, I've i been honest about how I really, really like Phoenix as a band. And uh, yeah. I've listened to – because Chelsea listens to Taylor Swift. She can fucking write a song, man. Um, her new record is – I mean, I, I, I can't relate with the lyrics at all. But if you just listen to instrumentation and how her songs are written – they're so fucking Jesus? good. Taylor Swift, her new record. Oh, dude, I, f- I fucking love Taylor Swift. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna lie. I love Taylor Swift. Well, I was listening to like her new her new song because Chelsea had her new music video up, and I was like, I I can't speak to what she's saying, but how she's singing it is great. In the music, in the uh, it's so good. In the music, yeah, and and the layering and the. The way that she can – and she does a lot of her own writing and it's it's so fucking smart. And I was like, could you imagine how well a Phoenix and Taylor Swift tour would go over? It would be insane. They would both appeal to one another's crowds like I, – I saw Phoenix is actually going on tour with Beck in the US and he's not – they're not playing yeah. anywhere close i think the closest place is like detroit and or chicago and i'm not doing that but i think the, the biggest issue is just that phoenix and taylor swift are on two completely different echelons of 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 popularity but their music and is very similar i i agree with you i agree with you i agree with you and i think that there is still a bit of a there aren't many people i don't think that are willing to like you and I are willing to admit that Taylor Swift is fucking dope. You may not like, you know, that she's singing about her boyfriend or that or she's whatever, super popular but, and all the teen yeah. boppers love her. But I mean, if you, but listen, everyone wants to hate and it's, it's like, it's another guy like Bruno Mars is another example. Oh my God. Fucking who's a legit musician. He's so good, so, dude. Bruno is, but yeah, and he's, he's the smoothest uh, fucking dancer I've seen. If you ever seen Bruno dance, man, it's like, man, if I can move like that for five minutes of my life, I feel like I'd get a few <laughs> years back. Like he's just like that guy never 
has an accident probably ever. He never cuts his fucking finger peeling a vegetable, man. That guy's way too smooth. Like this, definitely not. Yeah, he's so <laughs> he's so awesome. Um, and he's a great drummer. He's a great guitarist. He's a fantastic singer. He's a fantastic performer. You know, and I I actually believe that some of the shit that he does. He probably just does for the money. Like I think his heart is probably in, in in another style of music. He started off, I think, playing blues and stuff. But yeah, yeah I don't know. He became a pop artist because that's what they needed him to be. But he's definitely heavily influenced by a lot of pop music. But man, he's so fucking good. Yeah, he and Taylor are. Don't sleep on him. I know it sounds ridiculous because I come from punk rock and I do all this crazy music and we got the flood and stuff. But man, those two artists, they know how to play. I don't know that Bruno writes his music. I know Taylor writes hers. And that's what's really impressive to me. She fucking writes her albums. And like in this day and age where you yeah. can, when you're her, you could literally just have your pick of the litter of every good songwriter in the music business and be like, yeah, I want to, I want, I want that song on my record. I'll just perform it my way. I want that one. She still fucking writes her music, which is awesome. So yeah. Yeah. Billie Eilish is another one like that too, that just for as young as she is, mm-hmm. is really impressive with the way that she's like her and her brother write all those fucking songs. Yeah. And it's fucking cool. And it's, I, it's pretty cool. Nothing but respect uh, being a songwriter myself. It's not easy to write shit. And uh, when you fucking write banger after banger like they do, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, I've never tried to write a song like that. I don't know where, I, where it would end up. It probably wouldn't be half as good. I, I've never tried to write a pop song. It would be a new, new Flood song? Dude, we got to get big somehow before one of us dies. Yeah. So, I don't know. All right. Well, let's close it out, dude. Thanks for tuning yeah. in to episode 261 of PS. This is awesome. I know the last 20 minutes were us talking about music, but um, you could have tuned out if you wanted to. Hopefully, you like just hearing us talk. But uh, we'll be back next week with episode 262. But for now, make sure you tune in on Monday. Follow up with us on The Last of Us. PS. This is The Last of Us podcast or series on YouTube. It's not a podcast, series on YouTube. Um, have a good week, y'all, and uh, let us know what you're playing out there. Write us, write us in the comments. So, like Oddworld, Okami, and Octopath Traveler. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.